This is Coach Lee, and you're listening to The Door Report. At Vanderbilt, it's Tim Corbin in the Vandy Boys, Jerry Stackhouse on the hardwood, and Clark Lee on the gridiron. Nashville, it's time to sit back, relax, grab a cold one, and enjoy the show. The Music City is our state, and West End is where we rock. You're listening to The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast for fans who believe black and gold. Commodore Nation. Anchor down. No strings till the hank comes out. Make all the drunk girls scream and shout. We love it, we hate it. We're all just trying to make it in this crazy town. Welcome back into the door report, episode 227 on a Wednesday evening, July 18th. I am Will Byram, joined by Trevor Hoolan. And oh my there's God. no Billy Derrick, Trevor. The inmates Man. are officially running the asylum. A lot to get to in episode 227, SEC Media Days going on in Nashville. A lot of quotes to get to, specifically from Coach Lee Clark Lee. I went through and kind of highlighted some of my favorites and can't wait to hear your reaction to what we heard from Clark Lee during SEC Media Days and some of the players. I think you ran through oh, Will yeah. Shepard, Ethan Barr, and Mahoney's comments throughout SEC Media Day, so I'm pumped to get into it. Dog days are officially over, and it's officially talking season, Trevor. The dog I days can't are over. That, dog that days was are done. Well, I also got to mention, what an absolutely buttery intro by you. I'm very impressed. You like that? It's the you, first you, one. You, 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 like came in, you came in so hot, and I'm not going to lie. I was very impressed. Very, very impressed. You know, there are a lot of people right now preying on our downfall, Trevor, thinking that Dude, we they don't, don't want to see the takes. boys succeed. They don't they want don't. to see the boys winning. They just they don't want to see the boys or Vandy winning. They don't. Like I said, though, Trevor, packed episode 227. Inmates Absolute running the asylum. Cake. 38 days until Hawaii 37 when this will be being released at 2 a.m. Uh, renovation progress at Vanderbilt Stadium, a hot button issue. For some Vanderbilt fans, we will get into that. (laughs) The Clark Lee extension news, some saying maybe a little unnecessarily, but I can't wait to break that down a little bit more, even though Vanderbilt is not required to release any of the actual financial information from that contract extension. We know it's running through 2029 for whatever that means. And then we'll get into all of Clark Lee's comments from SEC Media Day, like I said and get to our favorites of the bunch. But before we get into breaking news and much more, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at door underscore report and Instagram door dot report. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And while you're at it, give our podcast five stars and a review on iTunes or Spotify. Trevor, it's time for breaking news. Oh. Absolute butter, baby. Butter. All right. Let's get into it. Number one, I know you want to talk about this. The current progress of the renovations at First Bank Stadium. Oh, God. I have not seen. This is, uh, yeah. 
I have something not seen all right. a fan base. I have not seen a fan base that did not understand that renovations and construction projects require one time and number two require construction equipment. Who would have thunk yeah. it? Who would have thought? Beats me, brother. Beats it, me too, I, Trevor. It, it, it's, it was, so we're recording this on Wednesday, bro. What is even the date? Uh, July 19th. The, we're also in that point of the summer to where the days really are blurring together. Um, you know, and, and this is my barometer for whenever you know you're getting late in the summer as whenever for Major League Baseball, you're post-All-Star break. And we are post-All-Star break right now. So, like, we're really, like, deep, deep in summer. And so the days are very much just blurring together. Like, you could have told me today is is June 23rd, and I've been like, yeah, man, makes sense, bro. Um, but, yes, we were recording this on July 19th. See, I even had to look at my phone again because I was like, what day is it again? July 19th, yesterday on Twitter. Um, <laughs> it's, oh, God, it's so dumb, but I, I, I really do want to talk about it. Uh, Tommy McClellan tweeted a photo of uh, of what the renovations at First Bank look like right now. Uh, and it looks like a construction zone because it is, because there's construction ongoing. Um, I and, and I don't want to knock on the people who are who are frustrated because there is part of me that like kind of does understand. Like I I get it, but like jesus christ man like i'm 26 you're 26 our dads have been vanderbilt fans all their lives and our dads have been like complaining waiting for this waiting for this one shining moment waiting for shovels to actually be in the ground waiting for the horseshoe to get broken apart and it's happening and we're like looks ugly and i'm just like oh my god like guys what are we doing I wanted to be able to find some of the tweets because there were some pretty good ones with people going back and forth. But Jake Crane of the Daily oh, Wire. Oh, dude, that guy, which, dude. Very odd, very how odd the, to come. How do they have Vanderbilt. a sports show? I don't understand that at all. But if you want to look at his tweet, it's at Jake oh, Crane it, it underscore. It pissed me off. It made uh, me mad. He tweeted a photo of the current state of construction and said, so Vanderbilt, hey. dot, dot, dot. You know when the season starts, right? Five and a half weeks. I get it. You said it, Trevor. I don't want to just bash people that are saying that they have a little bit of an issue with the current state of First Bank Stadium and the current progress of no, this construction I kind of do understand, yeah. I get it. I get that yeah. in your mind that this probably, and in the athletic administration's mind, this was probably going to be a little bit further along at this point, at this mm -hmm. distance to the season. I, I don't think that anyone expected the renovation to be fully done in one off season, this no, stadium—it's it's always been, been slated for 2025, right? Like that's not a 2020, new. Yeah, 2024, I think, is kind of the target uh, okay. next season for it for it to be finished up. But the stadium hasn't been touched in 40 years. Major, yeah, this isn't a slight touch up. This isn't fixing some of the issues in the concourse and maybe adding a luxury box in a different spot. Spot. This is a full renovation of a decrepit mm -hmm. and old and embarrassing football stadium. Yeah, and there was one comment. I think it was sent to the into the Doraport group message uh, from the scary door, and in quotes he said, "I won't believe it until I see shovels in the ground." Sees shovels in the ground and asterisks. 
the fuck is this? That's how it feels. <laughs> That's such a good tweet. The, the such same, a good tweet. The same group of people in general of Vanderbilt fans that are complaining about the construction and the state of the construction right now are the same people that said, I won't believe anything about plans to renovate Vanderbilt athletic uh, facilities until I actually see shovels in the ground. Well, the shovels mm-hmm. are in the ground and it's going to take a little bit, guys. I, I we're mean, not, we're past the shovels. We are there. There's bulldozers in the end I'm, zone. <laughs> I know we're a fan. I know this is a fan podcast. The door reports a fan podcast. We're not professional journalists digging into what's going on. And if there's no. been issues in the construction, but in general, we do see things with a little bit of gold colored glasses. And why are you yeah. rooting against Vanderbilt? Why are you rooting against this stadium renovation? And that's what yeah. it feels like to me is people are going to poke holes and poke fun and and make fun of you when you're changing the entire culture of Vanderbilt athletics. It's very easy to throw stones. Yeah. But that's about as much as I want to dig into that. They're also putting a new video board inside a memorial uh, unrelated to that construction. So a little bit of an upgrade there. Not as much controversy on that one. Has Memorial gotten a new video board every year or is my brain just playing tricks on me? Well, they put I feel like every boards. year they're like new video board, and I'm like, oh wow, <laughs> no air conditioning. They they no. haven't added air conditioning, but new video boards. Hey, hey, in in Candace Story Lee's defense, at the tailgate, we we did ask her. We were like, Candace, what does it take to get air conditioning in Memorial Gym? And she said, "quote Like we're paraphrasing, so I don't know if I should say quote." Um, she said it is high on the priority list, but that is more difficult in a hundred year old building than you would think. Um, it's, it's not as simple as just getting some like HVAC team out there and just pumping AC and Memorial. It's, it's actually kind of complicated, which I don't know. That's I, maybe that's what's happening whenever you have to renovate um, a, a 101 year old football stadium. So there's probably pipes under first bank stadium that like, Steel companies don't even make anymore. They're like excavating and they're like, oh my God, this is this is sort of a historical artifact. This <laughs> there's there's lead pipes under First Bank Stadium, probably. Like it's it's a biohazard of sorts. So I I mean, yeah, Rena, I think as Vandy fans, I think we should just embrace the suck. We have we have been we have been tortured and and given terrible on the field on the court products our entire lives um and and obviously it's not pretty right now but we just got to embrace the suck i saw somebody on twitter say um give out i think it was gary uh give out construction hats at at a at the hawaii game i think that's an absolutely electric idea give out all these construction helmets all dude we got to dig into that. I'll work Carhartt. Yeah. How, hey, if how they much, don't, if they how don't, much can we mask at construction elements with a customized TDR logo on mm. the front of that? Let's if see if anybody, that's in the budget. If anybody is listening and knows how to buy construction hats in bulk, please DM us on Twitter. Um, if you have that sort of access, we are we are currently looking for a, a multitude of construction helmets. So please bang our line. But also... Um, in regards to stadium renovations, TDR has a little scoop. TDR has a little scoop. Uh, they would like to remain anonymous, so we are going to respect that. Um, but TDR has been tipped off to uh, 
what First Bank is going to look like come August 26th. Um, on message boards and on Twitter, there's been a lot of uh, uh, a noise about, are they even going to have a sound system? Are they going to have a video board? Are they going to have a scoreboard? TDR can confirm right now that as of now, there will be a sound system. There will be a video board. There will be a scoreboard. It'll all be there. There, there's going to be replay. There's going to be videos, sound. It will be there for the Hawaii game as of now. That's not some uh some uh r- random guy that that just decided to text us. This is an inside source with Vanderbilt, uh, someone uh who we respect, um, and we can confirm for those of you who are listening, there will be a video board, there will be a scoreboard, there will be a sound system. So I know that was on a lot of people's list and, and rightfully so I kind of get it. Me, uh, uh, me, Vanderbilt could be playing in a field and dude, give me a beer crate and I'll watch the boys go crack some skulls every Saturday. I just, um, I just saw, actually, I just watched it last night, the Friday night lights episode where they build the field. I've never watched that show before. I know, I know, dude. Well, it was there was a movie, right? I saw the movie when I was okay. little, but I've it's never seen of, the TV show. It's one of the few instances where I think the show might be better than the movie. I think undeniably is better. The Maybe Coach Taylor character is pretty phenomenal. I'll say and Buddy Garrity is played. That character is played by the same guy in the TV show and the movie. It's pretty damn good. And yeah. if you have a lady, uh, it's also appealing to them. I do not. There's a good, so. there's a good amount of well. <laughs> Sorry to bring up a sore spot there. <laughs> All right. Perfect transition. I, I will I will say one last thing. Um, this person who did give us this information would like would like us to share to the fans. I know we're still a little over five weeks out from game day. They said if there is going to be a, a sort of air quotes problem or issue that Vanderbilt fans might face, it is entering and exiting the stadium. Um, with that being said, get there early, stay late. Just like James Franklin used to say, get there early, get in the stadium early, leave late. Give yourself plenty of time. Come out early to lot two. We will be there. Hang out. Don't worry about it. Hey, if you, if it's 545 AM on a Saturday, know the boys are already out there. Know the boys are bopping in lot two. So get there early, get in your seats early. It's not an issue for me because me and my father get in first bank stadium like 45 minutes before first before kickoff. But with that being said, they did want to let you guys know only two, only two entrances, only two exits. So it could get a little log. It could get a little backlogged. It could get a little jammed up. So they said, get there early, stay late. It's going to be a party this season. Look, and, and there's the other side of this that yes, that's great to hear and confirm from an inside source that yes. that is in the plans that is going to happen. But yes. Vanderbilt has just invested 300 million plus dollars in the Vandy United, whatever raising goal. And a lot of that yeah. is being poured into the facilities. This isn't 1981. There is a plan in place. Yeah. I have faith that Candace story Lee isn't just going to look up in four and a half weeks and say, Oh shit, I have a week to get this place ready for a football game. What the heck? It's not the Chili's across the road that shocked yeah. every single game day by the fact that an SEC college football game has drawn a large, large crowd <laughs> or it's not or Martin's. 
or Martin. Exactly. They're like, what are all these people here for? I don't want to get off track, but that may be one of my biggest pet peeves. The Chili's across the road from Vanderbilt, from Vanderbilt, every single college football day. They are the most shocked restaurant in the world that there is a large group of fans wanting to eat around lunch or dinner time. When across the road, there are literally 30 to 40,000 people watching a football game. And they're like, no, it's going to be an hour and a half wait. We're understaffed. I don't know what this rush is Every, for my entire life. Okay, I don't even remember what I was talking about before, but they have a plan in place. It's not 1981. Yeah, trust, trust, in, trust Candace Story Lee. Getting, yeah. get, well, not even just trust, but like getting a video board and sound equipment. It's not 1981. There are services that can provide high quality portable video oh, boards yeah. temporarily, and they will be able to use banners or whatever to make it look better. But we'll get into these Clark Lee quotes from SEC Media Day. I think there were some really good quotes about this construction. Uh, and then yeah. we can get dig into our reaction to that a little bit more. But he kind of addressed those issues being like, you can't have progress without the pains. I mean, yeah. you have to deal with the issues that are created by the progress. He said something along the lines of, in your mind, you like to microwave these ideas and goals. Yeah. But in reality... They take a lot more time and a lot more of you than you could have ever imagined. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm re- I'm excited to get into these quotes from SEC Media Day, but we do need to touch on the Clark Lee extension just a little bit. I know we touched I'll, on it in the intro. I'll say this too before we get to the Clark Lee, and I hate to keep hammering on this, um, but there is, and like we said earlier, with uh, maybe frustration with um, how First Bank looks, I part of me kind of gets it but part of me is also like dude who the hell cares with candace story lee and wondering oh is this administration going to come through i doubt it i doubt it i doubt it we on this pod have been a very pro candace story lee very pro chancellor Deermeyer, and we'll even get into chancellor Deermeyer because clark lee brought him yep. up uh and in, in, in some questioning but like i said i i don't want to villainize these people because there, there is a part of me that that does understand having this sort of skepticism as a Vanderbilt fan, because you you've been let down your entire fandom. You you really have, and so I think that we should come with this new admit come to this new administration with an open mind because everything they've said to this point they've done and more. So I think they have. They have done way more than earn our trust. I think we should absolutely trust Candace Story Lee. I think we should trust Chancellor Deermeyer, Tommy McClellan. But there is there is a part of me that does understand why there still is a little bit of skepticism. But guys, it's time to open up your hearts. It's time to believe. I, I know that the pain is over. Let let the healing begin. Or at least right now, everything that this is this administration has said and promised, they have delivered on, and they have not been making false promises. That that there Absolutely. was no claim, there was never a claim that this stadium renovation was going to be polished and done at the beginning of the twenty twenty three season. No, no. But I do want to get your opinion on this. I know we tweeted out some positivity transitioning just a little bit here, but also related to the Vanderbilt Athletic Administration and and the progress that's being made. The Clark Lee contract extension. Yes. I don't know. I, I saw a lot of comments on social media, some text. I won't say arguments, but text conversations back and forth between Vanderbilt fans that were kind of like, okay, good. But why? And I, I think that's a good question. The, the why question does pop into your head. The only 
I'll read the Clark Lee quote about the contract mm-hmm. extension before I get into my opinion. He said, yeah. Vanderbilt is home. It is such an honor for me to lead our football program. The only way that we accomplish the mission we have set forth for Vanderbilt football is with the vision and support from Chancellor Deermeyer and A.D. Candace Lee. To have them acknowledge the progress we've made to this point and to commit to seeing us push further on our journey means everything to me. And mm-hmm. that is that that's kind of chopped down. I think I heard him comment on on the extension a couple times, but the way that he phrased it, and I I didn't think about it this way, but the way he phrased it made it seem like it's one thing to extend the contract contract of a head football coach at the college level, but what that does, it's not just Clark Lee that's attached to that contract. It's his staff. It's it's the recruits. Yeah. It's Barton Simmons. It's Mm-hmm. His guys running the workouts. I mean, the strength mm-hmm. and conditioning coaches. When you see Clark Lee get a three-year extension, it's the entire group of people that he's brought into Vanderbilt's football program. Like, yeah. it's not like in the NFL where it's just uh, an owner or a general manager picking and choosing. In college, it's really, as the head coach, you are the GM. You are the player yeah. personnel director. You are hiring mm-hmm. your entire staff. You don't just see the head coach fired. The entire staff is let go pretty much at yeah. most of the time because the new coach is going to want to bring in their own guys. So when he brought yeah. that up, it made a little more sense of, okay, let's keep trying to retain this staff that Clark Lee initially brought in and kind of provide some transparency and trust with the athletic administration that we do see the progress you were making. We like what's going on. Let's, yeah. let's keep riding and, and see how this goes. And it, it, it does keep in line with the strategy they used for Jerry Stackhouse. It didn't work out. I wanted to but, bring that up. Yeah. But locking up an extension going into a year that could potentially elevate the level of Clark Lee in the national spotlight and national perspective on him. If he's able to take Vanderbilt to six and six and bring them to a bowl game, six and six or better. And they hit postseason play in year three, there are going to be some eyebrows raised a- across the country. And he is I going to be on a list too. And he is going to be on a list of candidates for other high profile power five jobs. Now I don't think Clark Lee is going anywhere. I, I think mm-hmm. when we get into these quotes from SEC Media Day that him and Barton Simmons like where they are at, their family, yeah. they have younger kids, they like where they are at, they grew up They're here, Nashvillians, they're here, their yeah. families here. This is what Vanderbilt needed. There's not a Penn State job right around the corner that's looking to snatch up Clark Lee. He, I don't think he has that in his mind, and I think the comments that he made during SEC Media Days hit on that a little bit. But what did you think of the Clark Lee extension as far as it being necessary? Well, well, first I'll ask you this, and I think you you hit on it a little bit. Um, but do you think because I, I I'm I'm with you, I did see a lot of I don't know if necessarily pushback is the right term, but I, I saw a lot of people sort of ask the question why. Um, do you think it would resonate that or uh bring about that sort of reaction if we didn't just deal with sort of a Jerry Stackhouse contract extension? before the season last year like if that jerry stackhouse contract extension doesn't happen do you think people feel this way about a clark lee extension i don't know if that's related i think from an outside perspective it is a little bit weird to extend the contract of a guy that was already locked up for an additional three years after a two and ten and a five and seven season i I think unless you are very invested in the daily goings on of vanderbilt Mm -hmm. athletics and the trajectory they're on 
it does seem like a little bit of an odd move. And mm-hmm. then if you pair that with maybe in the back of the mind, subconsciously a Vanderbilt fan saying, didn't we just do this? Yeah. And it kind of, and it kind of didn't work out with the basketball mm-hmm. program. So I, I don't know. What are these contracts even worth? Are are they even worth the paper they're printed on? Because that's, if it that's doesn't another work question out or, as well, or if it goes downhill, you pay a five, $10 million buyout and the show goes on and, and who cares? So that's another part of it. Vanderbilt's acting like an SEC program for the first time in my life and probably mm-hmm. in my parents' life. And a that lot means of people's that, lifetimes. Yeah. And that means that these contracts don't mean anything because you've seen it, contract extensions, and a year later a coach is gone. Jeremy Pruitt, I think, had plenty of plenty of time left on that yeah. contract. So whatever. That that's kind of how I think. To 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 answer your question too, I'm I'm glad you brought up the staff um, perspective because I think that plays a huge role. You want to keep guys like Barton Simmons on your staff. You want to keep guys like Javon Hay on your staff. These guys who are very integral parts to the program and to the type of kids that you recruit um, and not just the type of kids you bring into the program, kids who are already on the team that have such a good relationship with their coordinator or with their position coach that even whenever schools come and and offer them a very lucrative NIL package are willing to turn that down because of the relationships they have with their coaches. I think that's a big thing too. You brought up, and this is, this is sort of where I sit on, um, on the matter. So Clark Lee, Pete uh, Thamel came out and confirmed that Clark Lee extended uh, an additional three years through the year 2029. Of course, Vanderbilt's a private university, so right now we have no idea uh, what the sort of pay raise is, what the compensation is, um, what the contract even looks like. That's fine. But I'm sort of with you. I think this is more of a – I, I think it's more symbolic than anything, really, just showing that, yeah. hey, we, we have the we have faith in Clark. We have faith in this program. Now, this is where I sit on it, and this is where it, it might not actually be symbolic, and there might actually have been some real um, some real compensation upgrade in this contract, is what this tells me, and maybe I'm grasping at straws. It's very possible, but what this tells me – is this administration thinks that they have something cooking with the football program. So what they are doing is they think they have a football program that is going to succeed this year. Now what success means in Vanderbilt's terms is not success uh, in everybody else's terms, but a six and six, like you said, a six and six Vanderbilt football program that raises some eyebrows across the nation. And so I think what that tells me is this administration believes in what Clark Lee has. If he believe they believe in in what he says this program can accomplish this year, which is postseason play. And this is sort of maybe them getting getting ahead of other schools coming to call. You know what I mean? And I think that's where I sit because and if you remember, and if, uh, I'm sure a lot of our listeners do remember. Whenever James Franklin in 2011 went six and seven, then again, we, we don't really know. A lot of it wasn't confirmed, but James Franklin was rumored. Uh, the NC State job was very real. NC State wanted a six and six head coach, James Franklin. 
bad. I mean, I feel like at one point there was even rumors for Texas was asking for him. There was a, a very real rumor that also it's, it's, you know, it's pod time whenever my cat Phoebe <laughs> pops into the frame. So if you, I don't know if you guys hear some rustling on my mic, it's, it's my cat. Um, I don't know what she's doing. Um, USC came calling for James Franklin. So a six and a head coach that goes six and six at Vanderbilt. I mean, that's a hot commodity. You know what I mean? So I think more than anything, I think it might be this administration just getting ahead of a potential, I don't know, to say problem. I don't think Clark Lee would leave. Like you said, I don't think, I, I don't, I, I think this is Clark's Penn State. But then again, I mean, money talks, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, he's got a family, he's got kids he's got to take care of. So if somebody comes and drops a bag on his doorstep, then even though it's not Nashville, you might be like, oh, let me ponder this. You know what I mean? And of course, he's got an agent. So, you know, an agent is going to be like, hey, maybe let's use this to leverage uh, more money for you, more money for the football program, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I think this contract extension is is more canastory Lee Deermeyer, maybe getting ahead of a potential problem that could arise if Vanderbilt does go six and six and other teams come knocking on the door. You know what I mean? I like the word you use symbolic. I, I think yeah. it just almost is both sides coming together and saying, you know, it hasn't gone so smoothly. There has been obvious progress made, but we're gonna come together and still say we see the same vision and same future for Vanderbilt nothing has changed but I want to get into SEC media day and we're going to go through all of the questions Clark Lee was asked and I've got some quotes highlighted and then we'll we will go through and react to these but starting out the first question asked to Clark Lee when he got to the podium after his initial intro was about Barton Simmons and the question was talk about Barton Simmons and the role he plays and how he's helped you build your roster so far at Vanderbilt University and there were there were a lot of good I mean, comments yeah. made. I've I've got some good highlighted ones here. He talked about uh reimagining recruiting with Barton. He said we needed to be surgical with how we were building our roster here and we can't afford to miss. But we also understand that because we are a developmentally based program that those players that we bring, they get our full investment every day. Their performance will amplify. And the reason I had that portion of his quote highlighted is I think he used the phrase a lot developmental program and I Mm -hmm. think that was very intentional because there are two different types of programs now in college athletics developmental programs and transfer programs just getting the most talented guys in uh, Mm -hmm. regardless of how they get there and and one two-year rentals and pumping them out and and that's one way to go but I don't think that will ever be Vanderbilt Uh, The second part at the end of his quote, he said about Barton, we continue to have fun and he continues to be such a valued part of our process. The good news for me is he's a Nashvillian like I am. And I know Haley, his wife is not going anywhere. So this partnership will go for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And that kind of hits on what we were talking about. I mean, the extension as much as it is for Clark is, is for the staff, for the people that he is involved in that program. And talking about being a developmental program and how him and Barton, end quote here. And so I really wanted someone to reimagine what recruiting could be. And I Mm like that. Reimagine what an athlete coming out of high school can be as part of a developmental program, looking at the body types that in high school turn into NFL prospects. Because we had Barton on the podcast right before he was hired. And he talked about, you know, 
maybe some flaws in the external rating system because mm-hmm. how you win is you produce NFL talented players and there's a direct correlation between producing NFL talent and winning college football games. And yeah. Vanderbilt, for whatever reason, had not focused on that. I don't know if it's not focused. I mean, it's hard to bring in NFL uh, yeah. talented guys. But I think it, it's almost like moneyballing it. I, I think Barton and Clark are very, very intelligent guys that can look at things from a different perspective. Barton obviously has the connection to the recruiting industry, yeah. 24-7 sports rivals or scout, whatever it is. It was um, rivals, and, yeah. And at Vanderbilt, you can't do it the same way. So that mm. gives me hope that... I mean, I know these quotes, immediate or whatever, it's just like canned comments almost, but they continue to recognize that Vanderbilt's unique. And we'll get into some more comments about Vanderbilt being one of one, but Barton Simmons continues to just kind of be in the background, just chugging along, working his magic, and and we'll see if it can play out in year three. The depth yeah. seems to be better, but that partnership with Barton and Clark is something that I don't think gets a lot of attention around the SEC. Barton, Barton Simmons is... Uh a nuclear weapon that Vanderbilt is incredibly fortunate to have access to. Um, and for those of you who don't know, if, if you don't, if you have never really followed recruiting heavily and you just, you know, the name Barton Simmons, but you're not exactly sure who he is. So he was a recruiting analyst for rivals. Whenever 24 seven came about, he then moved to 24 seven and he was the head of recruiting analysis so he was the top guy like what he does is he looks at kids and he analyzes their their body type their skill set and then he gives player comps he he was basically in charge of of divvying out stars um that's that's a poor way to put it but that was his job is to say this kid's a four star this kid's a five star this kid's a three star but man it He's sneaky. You know what I mean? So even though uh, I know and I follow recruiting heavily, I will say, though, recently, dear God, what an absolute tear Vanderbilt football has been on the recruiting trail. Oh, my God. I mean, they just they cannot miss right now. And so they're getting a lot of not a lot. They're they're getting highly rated three stars. They're getting four stars. But here's the thing. Uh, Typically, and, and this is and this is how my mind works. And this is how a lot of other people's mind work whenever it comes to recruiting. Um, and, and it makes total sense. Typically, like you look at a kid, yeah, stars are important, but if you look at the offer list and you see, Oh, he's got some serious power five offers. He's got, uh, he's got Kentucky. He's got Oklahoma. He's got X, Y, and Z. That's when you know, okay, this kid might have something. And stars Vanderbilt- are great. Stars are great. I don't want to cut you off. Stars are great. But at the end of the, and they are at a macro level accurate. There's a lot of politics into it. Exactly. And individual guys, like as a whole, obviously the best programs and best college football teams in the country are the highest rated on the recruiting boards that I mean, as a macro level, but don't forget that some of the highest rated players in Vanderbilt history didn't even make it a year on campus. I mean, Marcus Bradley, Daniel Martin, those were some of the highest rated recruits, according to 24-7 sports composite rankings. Made it on campus, but Nephi Leallo has a a checkered history with Vanderbilt fans. We don't don't need to bring up that one again. But But, but yeah, so so obviously Vanderbilt can't compete with the Alabamas, with the Georgias for, for certain kids. 
But Barton Simmons is so tapped into how recruiting works, into how high school football works, into all these different sorts of networks that basically if Barton Simmons likes a kid enough that Vanderbilt should offer him, I'm not saying that he's going to be like the truth. But if Barton Simmons likes him enough, he's like, yeah, this guy, he deserves a spot in our program. We should offer him. That means a lot. And what you're starting to see is, you saw it last year with uh, with Pimpton. Um, was it was a was a three star Vanderbilt offered him, and then all of a sudden, here comes Texas. Here comes LSU mm-hmm. because in these programs' minds, they're like, oh, Barton Simmons likes this kid. We like him then. And so that's that's sort of how it works out. So Vanderbilt's they're they're never going to be up there in the top 10, top five. I would maybe one day, I don't know. Um, but what Barton Simmons is doing with this recruiting class, what he's doing with with even I don't really want to say transfers, but a, a transfer last year who is a big impact player, Jeremy Lucian. Lucian, great. Great player to get in the portal. I think you're going to see the same thing with Prince Colley this year. So Barton Simmons is a is a nuclear weapon. He is he is the definition of an asset for Vanderbilt football. If there was ever a guy that was going to be able to finesse the system and find the inherent flaws in that star system and in the current system of ranking recruits, it's going to be the guy that basically built the recruiting. Yes, it's going to be the guy that made the system. Yes, it's his system. If Vanderbilt's never going to be a consistently top 10 recruiting, you know, in in the rankings, this is the guy that's going to be able to figure out how Vanderbilt can be a top 20 team without a top 20, 24, seven sports recruiting class because he built the freaking system. All right. It's his system. I totally agree. I could, I could, I'm absolutely, because I'm a big recruiting guy. um, And and I'm, I'm right there on, on, on the train with you. The, The, he, he, I don't, if you don't know who Barton Simmons is, and like you said, you don't follow recruiting, we're telling you guys with the star system, the recruiting system, the player comps analysis, it's like he made it. Like he, he was the guy. He it's, created he, the modern system baby. that we use. So and he is this is going staff. to get, this is going to get into a little bit of the, that young talent and depth that Barton and Clark have been trying to build slowly over the last two and a half years or so. But the next question is on defense. The corners seem to be the biggest question mark for you guys heading into the season. How do you plan to balance playing the veterans and the young guys that you've still got that are developing? And Clark Lee, of course, had that a longer a response. Too. But he said, obviously, and this is in quote, obviously we have some second-year players that are further along in their progress that we expect to have a role in this team. We also have a true freshman that comes in with the chance to make an impact too. And he also mentioned C.J. Taylor. He said C.J. Taylor started as kind of a fringe contributor on our defense and became really our most dynamic playmaker on that side of the ball. That'll happen at some level this year, too. And then he went on to say they're going That's to be guarding exciting. some of the, some SEC-level receivers now. We have a good receiving core. So, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously we know corner with the transfer out of Jai that yeah. the corner position is going to be a weakness probably on defense definitely the weakest spot i think the maybe the weakest on the whole team would I you would say, say tight i would say tight, tight end, end. With, oh, the yeah. inter- with the injury of cole spence now i think corner is a more no offense to tight ends i think corner in general is a more important spot than tight end yeah. so i think that's especially the, the boundary weakness. yes exactly 
So that he mentioned the boundary that the games are won and lost on the boundaries now. And right now mm-hmm. that is going to be a weakness for Vanderbilt. I don't think he tried to say, no, we've got a bunch of all Americans in our secondary because that would just yeah. be blowing smoke. But at the same time, I think that they're pretty confident in the young guys. And I'm excited to see the development because CJ, he mentioned CJ Taylor and it was like my ears perked up because yeah. I was like, okay, maybe it's not all doom and gloom because I was excited about CJ Taylor. I know you were, uh, yeah. My dad saw him play live and was like, this guy's going to be a stud. But oh, outside of that, dude, he, he was, was a goon. He was Mr. Football, but he was a three-star, I believe. Yeah. So we that's another power guy. Five offer. Exactly. So I know corner's going to be weak. We'll be doing a full roster breakdown on both sides of the ball after fall camp begins leading into the Hawaii game. So we won't get into the specifics of it. But I thought it was interesting where he mentioned we also have a true freshman that comes in that has a chance to make an impact. He didn't say we have multiple. He said a true freshman in Martel hype. I'm assuming he was talking about that is the highest rated player uh, in according to 24 seven sports in the class of 2023. Yeah. And, and I don't want to break down the entire secondary right now, because like you said, we are going to have episodes um, not next week, I think, but starting the week after it's, it's we're so close that it's position breakdown time. Um, so I don't want to break down the secondary right now, but I'll ask you this. God, and this is it's not a loaded question, but I, I think it might be a little bit impossible to answer. How many guys do you think we see play in the secondary this year? Because you're you're obviously going to see BJ Anderson because he was he was named. You're gonna see Tyson Russell, you're gonna see Martel Hyde. Mahoney's going to have you're, to play. Mahoney, a obviously. I'm assuming he will Well, moving listed. him back to safety is clutch well they that's what i wanted to bring up with mahoney is it's interesting how and maybe it's just how they're listing out the roster he's listed as a db he's not listed as a safety he's not listed as a safety yeah yeah so i i think that that's interesting because maybe he can be kind of a jackknife and and a gap stop in that secondary he can play he can play slot corner or he can play corner all last year yeah exactly so i think with the thin secondary without a lot of proven talent i think that he will be utilized in a lot of different ways uh bj anderson tyson russell are gonna have to step up i mean i think yeah that's... those are those are those are probably the first two in line for for corner um i think john house is an interesting guy at the safety position you didn't see a ton from him um i i don't know i think it gets man reading the roster it does get concerning and we'll get into it more in the breakdown. I don't want to dwell too much on this because I'm some young guys are going to have some young guys are going to have to step up. They are. I don't know. Marlin, and we'll know yeah. I'm ready for some fall camp reports right now. Oh I want to, and I also gosh. I need to. That's whenever we're going to get into the bread and butter, and we're going to because I'm interested to see how. I I think you know how the linebackers, you know how anchor is going to be. I. Th- think you know how defensive line is going to be although that's interesting um the secondary intrigues me and that's putting it lightly i think all you know is 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 mahoney at safety uh Dericky back there um cj occasionally i don't know this, we'll get into that more later. We're we're gonna move on. I'm to gonna be honest. Question. You probably shouldn't have asked that question because now I'm like a little bit nervy. Yeah, no, that I didn't like that. That killed the vibes a little bit. But we'll get into that more, <laughs> and we'll, vi- we'll vibe over kill that. later. This is still full talking season right now. We can still be fully positive. 
we'll get more realistic and negative. You could literally but, just we just like stopped talking and we just like both looked down and we're like, Ugh. yeah, yeah, that was. <laughs> You know, I, I've looked at the roster, but that was the first time I've given any real critical. It like hit me. I was like, honest. I was like, Ugh. every other position, I've had the opposite reaction outside of tight end. So, but the next question defensive asked line could Clark help Lake, that though. It could four man rush being able to actually get there. Clark mentioned yes. that a couple times. Dropping, dropping everybody we'll get back to that in a second. But next is the worst question that I heard the entire is this Texas day. Texas or Northwestern? This is the Texas question. Who the Dude hell stood asked up. that? He said, after those two questions were asked, which were really good questions with great answers, the next question asked was, next season, Texas joins the SEC. And obviously, they'll be traveling to your house. Your impressions on Texas. Anything you can say about them? What kind of team can Texas expect to face once they see you guys in 2024? And you could almost see in Clark Lee's face, he was like, what the fuck? Like... Why yeah. are you asking me this? And he I'm said, not even well, sure obviously... he knows what Hawaii can face right now. Like, we haven't yeah. even started fall camp. Yeah, and he's talking about next season. We haven't even started this season. So, well, obviously, you're talking to a football coach ahead of fall camp. So, my scope is pretty narrow right now. And then yeah. he said, te- basically said, Texas is a good football cr- program. We'll worry about that when they're actually in our fucking conference. All right. How do- like, how do they let these guys in? And in, in, shout out to Robbie Weinstein. Uh, hashtag thanks, Robbie, friend of the pod. Uh, shout him out. Check him out on 24-7. Does a great job. He he asked, he's like, who the hell asked that? Like, who is this guy? And how do you give him media credentials? Like, how are you a, a practicing member of the media? You're a big Jay Journo, and you think to yourself, this is my question. There's on only SEC so many media questions. Days, yes, dude. How like ask if, if you and I'm assuming that guy is from Texas. Um, so he's a Texas writer. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Ask about a kid on the roster who's from Texas. I don't know. Or That's ask just about like ask why? about how how they plan to address recruiting in the state of Texas. There we go. Like, is that gonna be an what issue? What are we doing? I don't there's there's so many things about that question. The next one me. is the next one. The one I think it is this but one. I don't, I don't know how the media. Yeah. The next no, That's the one after that you're going to be Ooh, like, okay. the, but there's only yeah. so many, so many questions and so many journalists that are called on that are there. Yes. And I'm assuming it's, in, so you're taking away a question that may have been actually relevant to this head coach to get one little quote from the Vanderbilt head coach and you're wasting everybody's time. Pathetic. All right. Yeah. On to the next question. Feel shame, whoever asked that. I don't know who it was, yeah. but I hope they hear this and get mad yes. about it. Because Please they don't, tune into they, the pod. They did not deserve to be there. Uh, next question was, you mentioned the facility improvements that are going on on campus right now. Specifically for your program, you've already seen them pay a benefit in recruiting. Anything else that you can promise for the future? And to the question about if it has benefited recruiting, he just answered, yes. Obviously, when I accepted the job, all these plans were in place. And this is the quote about Daniel Deermeyer and Chancellor Deermeyer oh. that made me tweet Daniel Deermeyer confirmed football guy. Yeah, Clark Daniel Deermeyer, one of the boys? Question. One of the boys. And the quote from Clarkley in quotes that I mean, D- Chancellor Deermeyer has been such an advocate for our program. He's a football fan. I don't know how many people know that about him, but he sat for an hour and a half in my office with me and Barton just spitballing what college football recruiting is about. Um, I have a lot of this highlighted, so I'm going to read through it because this is probably Clark's best answer. So awesome um, of, of the whole of the whole 30 minutes that he was up at the podium. Uh, but he continued to say, 
uh where was i at i think when recruits and prospects see that level of interest at the highest office it's something that is different for vanderbilt right this is a moment for us not because of me i'm a part of it but what's a bigger part of it is the leadership of the university wants for this program to be successful what we're seeing now is that vision manifest in physical transformation and that was beautiful. First off, Clark yes. Lee is like listening to a CEO talk versus these other SEC coaches or summer interns oh uh, from gosh, a local yes. university. It, it's so a whole different level. Mic. And he continued the cerebral to go assassin. Because this is this is the one of one quote that was spread around social media a lot was in response to this question. Uh, he continued to say, look, right now it's not pretty. There's a lot of shutdown roads and a lot of dirt and a lot of construction equipment but it gives us a chance. It gives us the landscape to paint that picture of what the future will be. And in short order, we'll be talking about Vanderbilt football with cutting edge facilities and best in class resources. When has that ever been said? These are all exciting things for us. You've got a top 15 school. We play in the SEC. We're in Nashville, Tennessee. Vanderbilt is one of one. You make no compromises. That I think this whole sequence, look up, I, I think it's on the Tennessee and, has his full transcript of, of all the questions and answers, but that right there. And the entire quote was, was a next level answer from Clark Lee. Yes. And, and the little tidbit about Deermeyer was probably my favorite kind of lost in that quote. The Vanderbilt one of one is what got a lot of play on the Vanderbilt athletics yes. Twitter. And, and that little clip was shared around, but the part about Deermeyer actually, you know, wanting to learn, about how college football recruiting works and, and being and excited NIL about the prospects of it. Exactly. Having that support is something that has literally never happened at Vanderbilt. No. And I, I think you can feel it, the investment, the everything. So, uh, I mean, the facility improvements, we talked about it, and I think Clark is very aware of how it looks and it's ugly. But I liked his answer to has it helped recruiting? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> Have you seen what Vanderbilt has been dealing with for a hundred years? Like, do you think that helped Vanderbilt? Like, literally anything is going to help Vanderbilt now. They could, even if First Bank Stadium was still upright right now and they weren't doing any construction on it, they could just put in a new Jumbotron, like a really pretty one. And First Bank Stadium is so cavernous and ugly and has no personality that that probably would be a recruiting tool, not because it's so special, but because everything else about that stadium just lacks. It is ugly, but it's also our baby. So I, I do feel kind of weird calling it ugly sometimes. Like, like I, I, anytime I go there, I'm like, man, this place sucks, but I'm like, you know what? It's my place. But so exactly. it, it's, it, it's, it's, it's a very weird dichotomy, but I totally agree. I think what was lost in not really translation, but that Deermeyer quote went, do you think Nick Zeppos was ever in uh, <laughs> James Franklin's or or Derek Mason, Mason, whenever he was there trying to talk about? His, hey guys, so how do we um how, how do we address recruiting? Like, how do we get better? Like it, James Franklin was actually probably in his office. He's like, dear God, he's like, please, like just go away. Just, just let me just, do. If you're if you're not gonna help me build something right now, then please just get out of my office because you're giving me a terrible headache. You know what I mean? And so to finally have an AD, a, a, a member who resides in Kirkland Hall, finally give a damn about Vanderbilt athletics, it doesn't feel real. It, it really doesn't. 
someone who who cares about Vanderbilt athletics and wants to see progress. Um, I mean, it feels amazing. It's how could you how could you not like the guy? You know what I mean? The Deer Meyer seems like as much as we are excited about AD Candace Worley, and then we'll pick it up a little bit onto these next questions. This will be the last little comment I make on this. But as much as we give credit to to Clark Lee, as much as we give credit to the administration and McClelland and AD Candace Worley, Lee, Deer Meyer has to give the green light on all of this. And so Very I, I true. think the yes. previous the previous ADs um get a lot of flack, but at the end of the day, Deer they Meyer were, is the they one were, make they were handcuffed. Yeah. I they, mean they, it, yeah. You couldn't push too harder; they would just fire you. So David I mean, Williams was I mean, in a tough God spot. God bless David Williams. Do... He was, he was, he was down from the start. I hate to say exactly. it, you know what I mean? Exactly. And he did the best with what he had. But then the next question. It's funny how these questions were asked. Like they're just random. Like they're so random. There's next no question, flow. You know what at I mean? All. And no. This will get to my rant at the end of this about how stupid the entire SEC media day thing is now. It's it's the dumbest thing on the planet. You all just listen to your team's coach talk about how progress is being made and how we're on an upward trajectory of progress and blah, 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 blah to these bullshit questions from people that don't even cover the school. They <laughs> don't even the cover thing. the school. You're so starved for content, though, that you're sitting there watching it and you're thinking to yourself, oh, my God, this is amazing. You're you're so deprived that like just seeing Clark Lee on my television over here and it wasn't like a recording of something. I was watching like an old game or an interview and seeing him on the TV. I was like, oh, my God, there's my my beautiful bald man. Oh, I my have be- no my problem. beautiful bald boy. I have no problem with it. Like, I enjoy it. But couldn't we get like a way better way better quotes, way better questions if we did it a little more centralized instead of just having, you know, dogbeat.com ask questions to drinkle it. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. You but, think they would right. have given us uh, media credentials? Dude, we, we should apply next year. I don't even know how to do that, <laughs> but we should do it. We should just email somebody. Chuck Dunlap with the SEC, SEC comms guy, be like, hey, bro, uh, <laughs> can we get some media passes? <laughs> I'll have to use my vacation days at work to go to the SEC media days. But all right, the next question asked in the the unrelated continuity of these questions is the defenses you called at Notre Dame in your first season at Vanderbilt had about an 18 to 20% blitz rate. Last year, a huge jump to 28% blitz rate. Is Is Vanderbilt going to be more aggressive with blitzes this year or come back to the field of earlier? defense a fold of earlier defenses great question right there yeah that's a but, beautiful question whoever asked yeah, that Carkley didn't said i'll read a couple things here quickly he said well first let me say ah well let me first say that nick howell is our defensive coordinator and he'll be calling the defenses he went on to say i think coach Al's personality he's an aggressive dude and he's going and he's going to be an aggressive play caller uh, and it. then he went and then he went on just just one more quick sentence here. He said, what we want to do is shorten a down with a four man rush. We want to create pressure on the quarterback and disrupt the ball with our front four. The more we can do that, the more we can add coverage. And like I said earlier, the game is won and lost on the perimeter. I wanted to get that quote out there because we mentioned that he had talked about the game being won and lost on the perimeter, which is the opposite of uh, being won and trend, lost in the trenches. The trenches? I, Come on, Clark. What happened to this? Clark trenches? is Clark a step ahead of us and we're just behind? I don't know. I'm a big trench boy, so I'm always like, just want to lost the trenches. But it, I don't know how I feel about the boundary. 
Maybe I'm I think wrong. It, I don't know. I think it is, but the one position Vanderbilt's never had any success on is the defensive line, ever. I mean, you had it's been, it's been is, a long time. You really look at like the best defensive linemen in Vanderbilt history is Adam Butler and Kyle Westman. I mean, that's the Caleb Azubike. Like Caleb, Caleb Azubike was a but dog. That's, but that's what every other position in Vanderbilt you can point to someone like Hayward Tim or DJ Moore, Jonathan Goff. Like you, Walker yeah, May. but you, but you can point <laughs> to NFL talented guys that went on to be top three, four round draft picks and have NFL careers. And every that's other a very position. good point. Except for point. defensive line, it's always been oh Dio uh, Dangbo. Soft. Yeah, okay, Dio Dangbo. That's the one that breaks what I just said. So Dio Dangbo is by far the only example. Of, but of but typically, whenever you you look at other SEC schools, they've got a couple dogs in the NFL. I don't know if dogs are the right word, but guys who are in the NFL who, exactly. who are in the trenches and it's Vanderbilt has not had an excess. Yes. So I think that question's good, but I think, of course, Clark Lee doesn't want to blitz on almost 30% of his defensive plays. But when you can't get pass rush from your base four, you're kind of forced to because your your corners can't cover forever. So you have to make the decision between, you know, is it worth it to put him out on an island but decrease the amount of time the quarterback has to deliver the ball to the receiver? I, I think that's a decision that's easier questioned after seeing the result than it is to actually evaluate and call in the game. But that'll be something that we can really discuss in the preview. Well, I'll say, I'll say this too. I've, I vividly remember last year. It was my first ever pod that I hopped on with TDR. Um, And, and Billy asked me, he, he said, or he asked, what does Vanderbilt have to do to beat Kentucky? And at this point it was late in the season. We'd seen a lot of Vanderbilt football. And I said, Dear God, can we just send some pressure? Can we just because up till that point, it felt like Vanderbilt was always rushing three, always rushing four, dropping everybody back in coverage. And and I, I get the scheme, but oh my God, was it frustrating because your front three, your front four weren't getting any pressure. And so it just felt like they weren't bringing pressure enough. They weren't, they weren't sort of forcing the offense to make mistakes they were very they were playing very laxed off the line of scrimmage sort of um given a lot of cushion and given the quarterback a lot of time to for their wide receiver to find the bubble in the zone to beat his man um and it it really killed Vanderbilt in a lot of games so that was one thing last year that I thought that was actually really frustrating to me personally I don't know if it's just my personality or like the type of football that I personally like to watch I love just letting the letting the boys loose and just let them go after the quarterback. But I also understand if that can kill you. You know, you live by it, you die by it. It's like the three. It's like the three point shot in basketball. So I get what he's saying that he would rather be a little bit more conservative. I just don't know, and I guess we'll see. Though only the season will tell. And like you said, we'll get into this a little bit with the with the positional previews. Vanderbilt is definitely upgraded on the defensive front. Have they upgraded enough to maybe dial it back when it comes to sending five, six men? I don't know. I I hope they are. I would love to get pressure with just four guys, but I don't know. I, I feel like Vanderbilt would maybe have to send a couple more guys. I hate to do this. I've got to pee. I'm going to pause this recording right here because I cannot oh, yeah. uh, think of any other thoughts. So I'm going to pause it right here We're and it, jump back into it. The timestamp is an hour. So just I can just pause it here. We're good. Oh.
All right. Welcome back, Trevor. My bladder is empty and my brain is once again full of thoughts that are not, I need to pee really bad. Yeah, so on we, to the next question. We went to the bathroom and we also uh, got ourselves some beers. So happy Wednesday night, ladies and gents. What What are you drinking uh, on there, Trevor? Uh, dude, uh, Coors Light. The mountains right. are blue. I do I'm drinking a Miller. Miller. Trevor's drinking Coors. This is a gritty hard-working blue-collar type podcast right now. Hey, like I said, shout out to the ladies and gents of our pod. How many ladies do we have that actually listen to the pod? You know, <laughs> you know, know the metrics. How many women listen to this pod? <laughs> so I think we've gained, I'll look it up right now because I'm actually curious before we get back into these comments. Uh, because last time I checked, it was actually a higher mix of women than I would have expected. That being said, 94% of our audience is male. 3% is women. 2% not, not specified. So 3%. That I'm not mercy. trying to brag. But ladies. I mean, obviously, this is a draw for the females. And once this we get is... the video content going, don't worry. They want some oh rides with God. that mustache. This this podcast, Jesus, no, <laughs> don't. This, Christ, let's get to the next question. <laughs> next question. The next beers question, are flowing. Please. <laughs> All right. So this is the next question asked to Clark. Another about the construction. They said on the construction front, how much patience is there going to have to be this year for you, fans, to work around what is a big construction zone right now? I think it's what we covered that pretty heavily at the beginning so i won't even add any comments of my own but yeah clark did have a, a another good response his quotes and responses are full of good quotes clark then yeah. said in quote like we can't look at it and say this is unfortunate this is a celebration if it's we have to walk thing. a little if we have to walk a little further to get in if the team has to take a little bit different of a path we don't have a tunnel right now we'll figure it out a different way to take the field all that stuff to me is a celebration. So, and then he went on to say one of the quotes that I put out. He said, this year will present some different challenges for different reasons. But listen, when the jackhammer was going on outside my office, it wasn't always convenient. But by God, it was progress. So we're going to celebrate that. That was one I of my favorite quote. quotes of the day. I think that that summarizes what we were trying to say at the beginning is like, yeah, what are you we complaining were less, about? We were a lot less eloquent. What? Yeah, that was so much better than what we said. But like, what are you complaining about? All right, on to the next question. That's, that was this. that was spoken. That was spoken like a man who has a Vanderbilt education. Yes, yes, it was. <laughs> and then, and then, just, just, just a couple of dudes who just went to mid-major state schools. <laughs> Hell yeah! Shout out to Wings Austin. Up. Go Govs, baby. <laughs> Wings up, baby. All right, on to the next one. This was one, Trevor, that I know you loved. This question. Said, I know what this one is. It pissed me off. Right after those two good questions said, on a completely different topic, in the wake of the Northwestern situation, you're a former player. Do you readdress with your team the topic of hazing or what might be seen as team bonding to make sure that it doesn't cross over into, the, into that area that it could be seen as hazing? And Clark Lee in response said, yeah, I mean, the situation is really sad. He went on to say, as far as internally, we don't readdress things like we live out our identity and our values every single day. What an awful question. I get you have to ask it, but what the hell does Clark Lee have to do with the Northwestern situation just because he's in a private university? I know Vanderbilt has yeah. had their issues, but it hasn't been related to that. 
What yeah. article are you writing? How do you have a job? Who's reading that, that will, article? I what believe the hell Teresa, do you care? I believe Teresa Walker asked that question. For I don't her. She, care. I'm sorry. She, well, shout out, shout mean. out to Teresa. I I do like her work. That was an awful question. Um, it just I. I mean, God, I don't. I guess I understand it because it's like the thing that just hit the news with no, college but football. My, it's a big deal. But like, what the hell does it? Like, what does Clark Lee have to do about it? Like, what I just, article I are you writing? Where whatever comment, regardless, what is he going to say? You know the response you're going to get from Clark Lee before you ask the question. That's yeah. my issue with the Texas question. It, That's yes. my issue with the Northwestern question is he's going to say, of course, we have discussions about that internally, and we don't want to see hazing with naked athletes in our program. Like, duh. Like, yeah. what is he going to add of value from that question? It's just well, dumb. And two, like, dumb. like, like you said, with with reporters, it, it almost it almost seems like they don't do because it's such a broad swath of people who are asking questions and people from all over the southeast and, and really all over the nation who don't cover Vanderbilt. I get that. But you could at least do like a little bit of research and maybe understand how Clark Lee runs a program. Like if you if you know Vanderbilt, like Clark Lee so far has run a very, very tight ship. Um, if you know anything about the Daniel Martin situation, um, that you have your answer on how basically he handles the locker room and how locker room policy is. Um, Clark is 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 it's a pretty tight ship. It's like a mess around and find out type of guy, and that was from a local a local writer. And so I I really do enjoy what Teresa does. I think she's awesome with the AP, but. Like, ask that to Kirby Smart, who is running a okay, terrible program then, right now. Look, like, ask that to Hugh Freeze, but who is no, not but a this good is, human this being. This is what I'm getting at. This is what I'm getting at and why I love seeing, you know, coverage of Vanderbilt, coverage of the SEC. It gets me excited for the football season. It's almost the gong symbolizing that that football season is here. You know, yeah. the long it, – it's not quite here, but it's about five it's weeks away. And finally – yeah, but that's what I'm getting at is no, you're going to pull one or two lines out of that quote and write some yep. article about it, about the Northwestern situation. But what are you gaining from that question? It's just unnecessary. You can write a chat GPT answer with AI of what every single coach is basically going to say in response to that. Exactly. Yeah. Ask a, a cookie question, cutter canned answer. Ask a question that is going to provide a unique quote or insight, even though this next question I'm about to get into isn't related to Vanderbilt. I can understand why you would ask this question because it's uniquely related to Clark Lee. And that question was last year on the defensive side of the ball. You had Elijah McAllister, a team captain for you. Appeared in all 12 games. He has since transferred to Auburn. He will be here with Hugh Freeze at SEC Media Days. What is Auburn getting in Elijah McAllister on and off the field? I'm not saying yeah. that one is a great question. I, You know, of course, Clark said Elijah's a first-class kid. Well, there's correlation. Up. But I can see why he wanted a specific quote from Clark Lee of Vanderbilt University about the transfer from Vanderbilt from University Vanderbilt, because it's yes. not all from the perspective of Vanderbilt fans. Some of this yeah. is from the perspective of an Auburn beat writer. So exactly. there he's getting a uniquely relatable quote from Clark Lee that's an intelligent, relatable question. Yes. But there's not really – Clark's. that was his shortest answer. He just said Elijah's a first-class person. Yeah, um, well, with that being said, too, I, it's one of these situations to where it probably worked out best for both parties. Um, 
I don't think Elijah was going to get a lot of playing time on this defense. Obviously, you lose something with a captain. You lose a locker room presence. You lose a sideline presence. You lose a guy who's been playing football at Vanderbilt for a really long time. That does matter. But well, it's, it's also kind, the- it's kind of like a you shrug your shoulders. You're like, eh. like it's best for Vanderbilt, and it's also best for Elijah to go to another program for a year. Works out for both parties. I'm not saying that this year isn't important. But Vanderbilt football is clearly preparing for the future. And Elijah yeah. McAllister had one season left. So to go into a program with Hugh Freeze, be able to get a little bit different exposure at Auburn, maybe some better opportunities allows Vanderbilt to develop some of those young pass rushers. And a guy with an Elijah McAllister that was a captain, locker room presence, but he wasn't exactly a game wrecker, exceptional player. And, uh, uh, injury risk to and, put it and Exactly. So I think it worked out for both sides. But then to the last question that was asked to Clark Lee. The question is, you lose Ray Davis to the transfer portal. How much more pressure does that put on your quarterback, A.J. Swan, to carry the offensive attack? And how do you oh. replace the production that Davis gave you last season? Do you know Sorry, who asked I'm that? here. Who was it? Chris from the Spurs Up show. We had him on the pod. Oh, yeah, Chris Sh- Phillips, friend of the pod. Yeah, I almost sh- yeah shout out. out, shout out, shout out, Chris, friend of the pod. Great question, Chris. Uh, very good question. We will not, uh, we will not hate on your question. That was a good question. I enjoyed it. Good question, Chris. Yeah, so I'm Clark had a shorter response, but it was kind of interesting what he said. He said, well, again, we appreciate everything Ray contributed to our program, da-da-da-da-da. But then he immediately said he ran behind five offensive linemen that are back and do a great job. And then he went on Way to, to say we returned. Way to point it back to your guys. Exactly. And then he said That's we returned coach. Chase Gillespie and Patrick Smith, and both are capable runners. We had a talented freshman to make and then he said, AJ doesn't need to shoulder any more of the burden. We need AJ to focus on its development and his ability to facilitate the offense, make pre-snap and post-snap decisions, get the ball in space. He then went on to say, at that point, too, we're leaning on a talented receiving core to be able to help create explosive plays for us. So yeah. that's another part of it. Great answer from Clark Lee on a tough question. Yeah. Because I'm sure that was not I the most it wasn't the the happy transition that we had here on TDR in the last episode with Billy. I would imagine no. When Ray that Davis was a little, decided, yeah, to that was a little muddy. Yeah, that. Uh, and then Ray Davis was at the spring game, which oh, was also God. How do we? I, I, dude, I was thinking about that recently. I was like, oh, I can't believe he was just there. I was like, how is this allowed? I don't understand it. Will is if, if you're not watching, mouth. Will Will somehow is is like a cat to where he's gagging on hair now. Yeah. Will This is the problem with is, long this hair. This is this is the this is the TDR without Billy experience. The the sanity has left the building. I cannot we, we get it out to, of my mouth. We, we had to pause the pod to get beers. And now Will just has hair in his mouth and he's gagging on the pod. <laughs> I really hope it's my hair. That's all I have. This is Will is like, oh my God, where did this come from? Um, but no, that was, I mean, that was a difficult question. I think too, I think he answered it really well with it. <laughs> I'm just I'm trying to answer, give a thoughtful answer. I'm just watching Will pick hair off his tongue. <laughs> but no, I thought he, <laughs> he I thought he gave a really I thought he gave a really thoughtful answer. Um de- pointing it back to your guys, I think was a was a really good job with hey, we got five offensive linemen returning. I think that was this awesome. Is, 
I think, too, what was very important is, is yeah, Ray was probably, not probably, he was the most productive offensive player last year. But I think this year you're, I don't think, I know you are going to see a major offensive shift from this is going to be a pass-first offense. This is not going to be a um a, a line it up in, in 12-man and just run it up the middle and in, in, in two clock. This is going to be a, I don't want to say aired out because it's still a West Coast offense, but this is going to be a pass-first offense. Um, so the offensive philosophy has changed. The offensive game plan has changed. So yeah, Ray Davis is a big loss. I don't want to mitigate what he did last year. Um, but as time has progressed, then again, I I'm willing to eat crow if, if this goes against my take come season. Um, right now, it doesn't feel like as big of a loss as it did initially, and maybe I'm crazy for saying that. Would me and you both rather have Ray Davis on this roster? Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But Patrick Smith and Gillespie provide something that Ray Davis did not, and that's explosive playmaking ability. Ray Davis is a great great running back, great at falling forward, breaking the initial arm tackles and contact, but he's not going to break a 75-yard touchdown. He's not that kind of running back. And Vanderbilt traditionally has had more success with game-breaking type running backs and not down and down out guys and like you said the offensive the offense is going to shift so that was the that was it for clark lee's comments uh at the podium during sec media days did you have any specific quotes from will shepherd or uh, mahoney or ethan Barr that stuck out you wanted to bring up i I don't have it i don't have it word for word but particularly with the will shepherd uh interview somebody asked him how he thought about the wide receiver core going into this season and he thought it was very underrated and to be honest i totally agree with him i don't think really anybody is paying attention to this vanderbilt receiving core i don't i don't think either people who get paid to write about sec football realize what a weapon and what a nfl ready talent will shepherd is and i don't i think people look at it and they're like oh it's vanderbilt la di da di da Will Shepard is a NFL-ready wide receiver, and he is wide receiver one for Vanderbilt this year. And then behind him, you have a guy who was all-state in track and field in Jaden McGowan and has the sort of breakaway speed that we haven't really seen. I don't think we've ever seen it at the Vanderbilt wideout position, do you? Someone like Jaden McGowan? The closest thing is DJ Moore, but Jaden's faster than DJ. (sighs) Yeah, the other part of this is a guy that I've probably seen the least amount of talk about is Quincy Skinner Jr. Dude, That's talk that, on him. Talk on I, Hugh, I baby. Know, look, I know Will Shepard, deservedly so, is the guy that, that's the main talking point in the Vanderbilt wide receiver room. But remember, Quincy Skinner Jr. is the reason they won that Kentucky game. He went and, he went and got yeah. that ball from Mike Wright. Uh, obviously, Will Shepard made, made the game-winning catch from Mike Wright, and he commented on that, talking about how it was yeah. probably the best memory that he has associated with playing college football. But Quincy Skinner Jr. is going to be a guy that there has been literally zero talk about. I think Big Game Boomer, friend of the pod, uh, oh, put out his ranking, pod. put out his rankings on top fifty or top one hundred wide receiver duos, and yeah. at number seventeen was Will Shepard and Jaden McGowan which was actually pretty yeah. surprising to me because in my head, it's Will Shepard and Quincy Skinner Jr. So maybe, you know, there really? are times there are times that I'm wrong. Uh, 
I just think McGowan is a slot guy. He's not wide receiver two. He's the wide receiver in the slot that's going to have specific design plays for him. He's never going to be an outside guy at like five foot eight, you know, a buck 65, buck 70. He's just not. I mean, he's that Tyreek Hill design, which can be a wide receiver one. But right now you have Will Shepard and Quincy Skinner Jr. that are both six foot three, six foot four freak athletes. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw the pictures, but Quincy's got the nose ring going on. Oh, Quincy, dude, Quincy's got the stud. This, Any, this is. I tweeted this out. Anytime we have a football player who posts to Instagram, I think to myself, man, we got some dogs this year. And I'm glad you brought up Quincy because I don't feel like anybody. Then again, he had sort of a quiet year last year. Um, but let's call it what it is for most of the season. Vanderbilt did not have an efficient passer at quarterback. Yes. Um, so he was sort of handicapped in that situation. If you were not at the spring game, Quincy Skinner was special and people are like, Oh, it's a spring game. Da, 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 da. I don't care. He was special at that game. And before the spring game, I went to the two open scrimmages that Vanderbilt had prior to the spring game. I was at both of them. I'm telling you, I watched Quincy Skinner Jr. intently during those scrimmages at the goal line. Guys, listen, I'm not a football coach. I'm not a football analyst, but I've watched a lot of football. And I'm telling you, Quincy Skinner Jr. in the red zone was unstoppable. Nobody could stop him. It it literally was unfair what he was doing to defensive backs in the red zone. It really was. He was just, he was having his way with everybody. And so I think Quincy Skinner Jr. is, is going to have a, a breakout year this year. Trevor, I cannot agree more. I cannot wait to get into the actual roster breakdown and season preview that I know we we're going to have leading up to Hawaii. I almost want to do it right now. I almost wish we I were want like, to, ah, screw it. Let's just do we've it. We've already right gone about an hour and a half on SEC Media Days, our first episode without Billy. So any final thoughts on SEC Media Days before I close it out here? I guess one final thought, and this wasn't – well, I guess it it was asked or made aware during SEC Media Days. Um, Ethan Barr and Kane Patterson moving to the will position at linebacker. Um, so now that uh, Anthony Orgy is gone, um, they moved over to the will. Very interesting. I kind of like it. I'm not going to lie. I think anytime Kane Patterson is on the field, I think the Vanderbilt defense is better. Um where now here's the thing where do you and, and, and two i don't think we should worry about who's necessarily starting because there's going to be a lot of rotation especially early on in the season and then again who starts the hawaii game might not start come kentucky a lot of defensive snaps happen you're going to see everybody what, what do you do with langston patterson and what do you do with ethan chris a guy well, Crisp is young. that's what i was about to say prince collie is a guy that has not been discussed a lot yeah i think that he is a guy that could either fade away into the linebacker rotation and we don't really hear from him again or he could be a game-changing star See, I think he's a I think ball. he's a game wrecker. Yes. See, that is that is the question. I think he is an X factor on this defense. The same way you were looking for a guy at that at that position where CJ Taylor stepped up last year, I think Prince Colley could be a guy that's flying under the radar right now, transferring yeah. from Notre Dame. Just because he just star. got here. Yeah. Exactly. Former four star. There's a lot to go through with that linebacker position arriving on campus in the summer, transferring from Notre Dame, but there's familiarity there. 
with Clark yeah. Lee because Clark he recruited, recruited him, him. To Notre Dame. Exactly. We'll dig into all this and more when we preview uh, Vanderbilt on the offensive and defensive sides of the ball as Hawaii closely approaches 38 days away, Trevor. Oh, my gosh. And it, it, it feels it's so close, but it honestly feels kind of it feels far away still, even though we're literally a little over a month away. The closer we get, the further away it seems. And I wish I would have gone back and listened to episodes of the door report at the end to remember how Billy closes it out. But I'm going to give it the best shot I possibly can. Dude. Hey, this is it's it's a, it's a work in progress. People, people who are listening to us. We are so thankful that you guys are sticking with us. We absolutely love you guys. We cannot wait to absolutely wreak havoc with you guys in lot two come football season. It's all big I think about. Store. Big, big things in big store. Big things coming. Maybe a new. little announcement tomorrow. Maybe. I don't. Maybe. Maybe. Possibly maybe a little a new, announcement. Possibly. Possibly a new presenting sponsor. Possibly Ooh, some new features uh, as a video format of this podcast may be coming. So. Uh, definitely stick with us at he, at TDR. Our coverage is going to continue to grow and expand as we enter the college football season this year. But episode 227 of The Door Report was a beefy one for Trevor Hoolan and myself, Will Byram. Thanks for listening. Anchor down and let's ride. Beautiful way to close out.